Hi everyone and welcome to episode 155 of Final Fantasy Union. I'm your host Daryl and I'm here with Lauren. Hi guys! And today we actually have a special guest, Dan, aka the musical maestro known as TPR. <laughs> Hello, thanks Daryl, that's very kind of you. I know. Well, you're a guest on the show, so I've got to try and make you seem just amazing, uh, even more amazing than you potentially are, but you are amazing. Yes. Uh, well, thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure to be on here. How How's it been going? Yeah, it's it's cool. Um, it's a bit, it's kind of like a um, bit between albums, you know, just kind yeah. of working on that new mid-album stuff. lol kind of a bit, thing. Yeah, it is a bit like that, because um, it's so hard just as soon as you do something not to share it immediately. Because as soon as you don't do that, then it's out there and you've got nothing to share when it's all done sort of thing. So it's just, just kind of keeping quiet at the moment. Is that kind of industry knowledge about album releases and <laughs> singles? and? Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> starting, the, starting the show off uh, pretty, pretty, uh, pretty, pretty well. Intense. Yeah, pretty Musical, intense. Yeah. Music production theory. Inside, inside baseball there for you. I imagine you're just like a bit like a bear in hibernation, just kind of like, <laughs> you know, chilling. Yeah. All right, I got my food. This I'm is cool. great. Music maestro and a hibernating bear in the yeah. first like couple of minutes. This is the best podcast ever. Yay! <laughs> um, so yeah, obviously Dan is joining us today. Uh, we're going to have a bit of an interview with him in a bit so we can find out even more morsels of information about his music career. Mm. And then we're going to be talking Gamescom, everything Gamescom with Dan as well, which is going to be great because he was watching it like a hawk, mm. glued to everything. To the point where he's saying nothing. Well, yes, I don't know what you wanted yeah. me to say. No. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 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 you yes, were. Yes. yes, you were. I was completely on it, yeah. 100%. Good, good. All right, for you new folks who are listening for the first time, Final Fantasy Union is part of a podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union, and it's presented by the Gaming Union Network. We have a new show every Tuesday working in rotation with Kingdom Hearts Union, and we come on the iTunes store as well as FinalFantasyUnion.com. And we're now going to do our Patreon shoutouts, and this is for everyone who's paid two dollars fifty or more per episode. We're gonna we're gonna duo this, Lauren. I'm going to do this with you. Okay, good. That's good. Thanks for confirming that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're gonna kick things off with Barry Norton at Nortron Zero, Christian Verge, Lewis James, Satria Jaya Siddharma at Satria Six Two Five Ruben, Tyson Wildman at Ty Wildman One, Blue Machine at Blue Machine. Chris Morales. Eric Decker at Choco Taco. Harley Crawley at Dark ZT Okami. Jonathan Gonzalez at Oh, It's Just Johnny. Josh McNabb at J2K9. Michael Graham. Thorin Bullen at Masca23. Zach Duranto at Zed Duranto58. Brian McArdle at Darth Brain92. William Trengove. Mike. <laughs> just, just Mike. Just Mike. <laughs> oh. Billy Jackson at underscore Billy Jackson. Darren Matthews at Doomster73. Joseph Robertson at Pokemon Trainer J. Keith Field at The Mighty Keith. Mario Herker. Mike Shirley Donnelly at Curious Quail. Mohamed Quayam. Nico Gonzalez at Nick underscore Nack 95. Winkle the Bernie Bro at The underscore Bernie underscore Bro. Rachel Casterden at Urbion Ray. Vitanitas. Zelda Clone at Apes Type Novels. Zach Porter at Porter Paradox. John McRae. Marcus Karnecki. Miles Ribbons. And Richard Holman at Vex. Lennon. And we have a new Patreon supporters episode who is Prakash Acharya. I'm very sorry if that's been badly pronounced, but thank you for supporting us on Patreon. Thank you. All right, it's time to head into our TPR interview. So of course, if you're not familiar with TPR, he is he has had over four million views on YouTube for mm-hmm. his for his uh, musical arrangements of the Final Fantasy franchise and others. Um but you're probably familiar with his works thanks to his melancholy Final Fantasy arrangement albums. Mm. that have been setting the world on fire since well like five six years ago is that right dan they haven't been setting the world on fire since any time but they were out <laughs> about five uh, oh, yeah, i that... do <laughs> they come up like all the time though for I'm me. So sorry. i mean granted it's probably because i listen to them so much as well but Aww. like i still remember when i first when i first was scoping around youtube and i I found them and I was just like, this is really cool. I think it was your Final Fantasy X album that I found initially. Okay. And it was just so nice. It was oh, so soothing and relaxing. <laughs> it was like, I mean, I, I've been like kind of following Final Fantasy arrangement music for for years. Uh, yeah. Like obviously OC Remix was oh, pretty big. Oh, the OC Remix. Um, but before that, there was like Project Majestic Mix. Uh, but there wasn't really 
anyone apart from like the project majestic mix guys and i think who were the other guys um there were like some people the one-ups there weren't too many people who had actually done actual albums like properly licensed albums yeah i think uh piano school had done one as well but i think that was kind of what initially like for for laura and i kind of set like kind of made you different from other people the fact that you'd actually taken the time to make these albums and the fact that they were whether you want to admit it or not actually very popular (laughs) well i think part of the appeal is yeah like you say that album thing like you get a lot of um i guess compilation is the best word for it where it's um several different artists all incredibly talented far more talented than i'll ever be but they all have such a mix of styles that it's hard to listen to a whole album like um you you're going to love a couple of songs and then but then there's a couple of songs that aren't going to be your sort of thing yeah. i think with my stuff it's all so similar that you're either going to like the majority of it or you're not or you're not going to like any of it sort of thing so you can kind of have it as an album rather than just a no, that's a really good point actually because yeah. i think with the oc remix albums obviously with the voice of the live stream that oh, yeah. went there's crazy so with them. Many different mm. types. but they had what like 50 different people working on that soundtrack yeah yeah and yeah like from track to track the style will different like they differ so much yeah yeah i don't like everything that i hear on oc remix (laughs) (laughs) i don't it's not all of it is my i think it might be impossible to do that because just like music tastes dictate that you're not gonna like everything but the track that you hate it's not a bad track because someone else is going to love that track but hate the tracks that you love just simply through yeah which is why there's a whole genre dedicated to screamo that i have no (laughs) part of final fantasy screamo oh yeah well that's my next project thanks a lot guys (laughs) (laughs) you're wearing up your vocal cords well kind of on that note i mean like your your most recent album was actually something of like a a change for you so it was it was was. called memories of fantasies for piano and cello and it was a collaboration album so kind of how did you like what did you just feel like you wanted to change like how did that come about yeah a bit of that it's just um like last year i did the uh, six album uh so 2016 march it came out but this for this year for uh, 2017 i just had had no final fantasy things planned and i just figured that i had gathered a relatively like large fan base based on final fantasy tributes for like you said the past five or six years so i didn't really want to go a whole a whole at least two years without uh doing something and i'd always wanted to work with a cellist so much so that in I think 2012 I actually bought a cello uh, to try and learn myself and I had this great plan wow. that w- I was just going to go on YouTube and it's going to be me on piano and then me on cello as well and there were, and I just like these arrangements I was already doing going to be added with cello turns out cello is a lot harder than it looks to play <laughs> <laughs> and I gave up after two months out of frustration and sold it I was going to say like ago. that would be really intense if you if you learned how to like play cello all by yourself as well yeah well the, the problem I mean, people was do it yeah well this was but... back when i had like a, a, a full-time job as well so it wasn't like oh. i could so i didn't have the time to learn myself and i didn't really yeah. have the um like the time to practice what a teacher could teach me yeah so it was just like yeah. trying and then at some point it was just like, oh come on i could just play an instrument i've been playing for a, a while now <laughs> Yeah, I think it like it almost stunts creativity a bit when you try a new medium to um, Mm. like, I I don't know why, but as you get older, you sort of like when you're younger, you're always keen to learn and just you you, you do whatever, like when you're a kid. And then as you get older, you get to a point where you're just like, well, this is stunting my creativity and I can't actually get my what I have sort of in my head or my heart out. And and it's a time thing as well. Yeah. I just need to get it out, damn it. And you need to get it out now. <laughs> Basically, you just accept that you will be bad at something. Yeah. yeah. But, but hey, at least you're good at something. Well, yeah, well, okay. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> definitely, it's, it's, what it's not, what I'm not good at is definitely cello. So, like, for the first, like, you, it's still up there, like, uh, basically in all, all the other, in my solo, let's call them, um, tributes, I'll use a fake cello sound because I didn't. I don't think a piano would work for that melody like the um like the Geneva theme and stuff has the fake cello and mm. there's a, a version of blue fields as well but like mm. since they've been since these albums have been getting more famous and more recognition like the the revenues come in and i've been able to afford an actual cellist um and so i did a lot of research i typed in final fantasy cello 
into YouTube. And one of the first hits was Roxanne, who I duetted with on this current album. And I, I got in touch with her on Facebook saying, oh, I've got a couple of Final Fantasy arrangements that would you like to work on? And she was like, yeah, sure. Um, yeah, it basically went from there and she enjoyed doing it. And it's, it's weird because it's the first time I've ever worked with someone because I'm not great working with people and musicians tend to be some of the worst people in the world. <laughs> so, so, well, by worst, I mean uh, demanding and yeah. kind of... Particular. Particular. That is exactly the word. Thank you very yeah. much, Daryl. Um, so I was a bit apprehensive having never worked with someone, but she just, I told her what I'd like and it came back and it was absolutely perfect. And I thought, right, well, we'll have to do more of these. And she enjoyed it. She, she, um, I mean, for someone of her talent, her incredible talent, she doesn't have much of an online presence. So I think she was hoping to build something with that. And obviously I was hoping to get some of these incredible cello lines onto my arrangements and it, it just worked out so well. And, uh, yeah. She was always happy to do whatever I would like to do. And we kind of just went from there. Yeah, I just had a list of ones I wanted to do. And that's as simple as that, really. And she's also a very nice person. She is lovely. Yes, I forgot you met her. Yes. Yeah, we we, had, it, it, I, we didn't mention it before, but um, yeah, Dan and I have known each other for a while now, as has Lauren. Yes. yes. Well, I've known Lauren for a while. Yes, I was going to say. Lauren's also you, known Dan for a while. Did you know yes. Lauren a bit longer than I have? Yeah, and um, and we uh, we that you recently had a launch event for your album, which of course where we met Roxanne as well. Yes, yeah, yeah, she is a lovely human being. Yeah, uh, but no. I was I was just going to ask when it came to the creative process, was it you kind of saying, did you write the cello parts as well, or did you let her kind of come up with that herself, and you just did the other bits? I just I yeah, so the the process was I did a I did my piano part, and then while I was doing it, I'd use a fake cello sound on top just to hear how it how it would kind of sound and then i took that off gave it to her with with sheet music of the just what the melody is like on the uematsu original and i was like do this if it doesn't work for you kind of just make it easier for cello sort of thing <laughs> to make it good and then occasionally she'd come back with these incredibly elaborate um bits and i'll be like mm, a bit less of that please because <laughs> i don't <laughs> like you know she, she's obviously get rid of that creativity exactly. yeah. stop it that's what i was worried about I didn't really want to do that, but at the same time, like I feel like people would listen to my stuff, and I like to listen to my stuff because it. But no, what I didn't mean that I don't like to listen to my stuff. I like to record my stuff because it's um quite simple, and I thought maybe the an elaborate cello part would kind of be a bit incongruous with the simple mm -hmm. piano. And she just worked, um, and like uh, what would be the word? Uh, she just kind of simplified the part, and it just sounds so good. Occasionally, there are a couple of times where she that's loose and it still sounds amazing like in the aria and pandemonium she has a bit of more license to just show the world how amazing she is at the cello rather than being inhibited by my <laughs> by my stringent <laughs> oh. guidelines the cello is just such a lovely instrument oh, amazing, i remember i always wanted to learn uh to play it when i was in school i'd learned to play the violin but Mm. The cello was just so nice, like lovely, but I just couldn't get over how heavy it was. <laughs> yeah. well, it's a kind of happy medium between because the double bass is just ridiculously large. Oh mm. yes, and if you're and a double bass like player, two of them you just have to try and cut that band, thing around, which is just orchestra. painful. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, cello. The cellists were very, very um, hefty people. Mm. <laughs> so, do you have a, a favorite track on the album then? Uh, yeah, I th honestly, I think it's probably the the Zanakan cover, like. It was kind of a different experience for me because I went up to London to record rather than do it in my own office, like on a proper... Uh, I was going to say, is that the first time you'd done that? Yeah, yeah, because like, obviously she'll be recording it on her proper cello. So I was like, okay, none of this keyboard nonsense. Let's, uh, yeah, let's go up, do it properly, get an engineer in. And that was terrifying. But like, I think it, it worked so well. And that is the first track for the album simply because I think it's the best <laughs> that's that's normally why i put tra tracks um first on the album because i like them the most uh makes sense also, and normally the last one is probably my second favorite and in this case it's somnus um uh, everything else in the middle is just kind of the stuff complete that complete filler daryl absolute filler yeah don't, <laughs> don't bother listening to it I, I think somnus is probably my favorite one but that's because yeah um it's the track that i when i used to do arrangements that's the one i liked arranging the most mm. All those many years ago when it first came out. I was going to say, yeah, I was about to say, what, from a game that came out last year, then I remembered that it was, what, 20, 
2006 or something stupid. It was about, I think, 11 years ago, yeah. 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 I think it is, like, one of... It is just such a gorgeous track Mm. in general. That that um that vocalist in the original Somnus is just incredible that's all i have to say about that thank you Lauren. that's all that's all <laughs> it needs to be said it is yeah it's an incredible song <laughs> so i mean obviously you've been uh producing music as we mentioned about five or six years now what what made you want to get started in the first place was it just kind of like a scratching an itch or did you feel like there was a like a need for that kind of stuff like people just weren't there weren't arrangements in the style that you liked uh almost it was a real frustration with not being a better pianist because there are there are the piano collections very well well known and um very popular but like i couldn't play those (laughs) at all it's far too complicated the vast majority are far too complicated so i wanted to kind of create um these classic themes that everyone knows and loves but in a in a simpler way that i can play it's it was just at the start it was just kind of something for me to play on the piano because I played piano when I was like a tiny kid like started at six and then when I was a teenager obviously piano is not cool don't play piano play guitar or something like a cool teenager so when I turned 20 or so and realized that I'm not very good at guitar I should probably go back to the piano and it turns out I'm not great at that either because I can't play in the piano collections but my like um, non-professional taste in music are quite heavy like rock and metal and they don't translate very well to the piano so i couldn't really emulate playing those but however i did love those old like final fantasy and other classic like ps1 and super nintendo rpgs i love their soundtracks so i decided to try and play those on the piano and i think like i did a couple just normal just like playing like the slower themes like i know tifa's theme and it was just like a piano version that wasn't very different. And it didn't get much action on YouTube, which is not surprising because there wasn't much about it. If you want to listen to something that sounded like that, you'd probably listen to the original. But then I kind of worked in more, less like piano friendly themes, like the, the Genova boss theme and like Maker Reactor and slowed it down, just made it work for my low level of talent sort of thing. And people seemed to dig that it was a bit different. And it's just kind of gone from there, to be honest. And what made you decide that to publish it on YouTube? Because obviously, as you said, initially you were just kind of trying to transition the like your style or your yeah. kind of your competency to the the Final Fantasy music. I just just like you want to share it because I was you know I was proud of um, proud of how it sounded and what it sounded like. And I, to be honest, like my circle of friends isn't really that into video games in general. So I couldn't really go, oh, listen to this. Do you recognize this from 15 years ago? And they'd be like, what? So I thought, oh, we'll, we'll, put, on, we'll put it on YouTube. Exactly. <laughs> please. Am I your friend? <laughs> please leave me alone sort of thing. So I put it on YouTube. And this was at the time where, uh, do you remember video responses? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I do. Yeah. So this was at the time. Oh, that was a long time ago. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I think we're talking 2011 was when the first, uh, making air quotes, first melancholy branded tribute of mine was up on youtube so uh i made it a video response to the original someone had posted the original on on youtube so anyone who clicked on that would see a video like video response of my stuff and then they see maker reactor a melancholy tribute to final fantasy 7 think well this sounds like absolute nonsense but i'll check it out and then hopefully get a few subscribers from there and then kind of yeah kind of go from there but that's the thing. People ask me, "How did you get? How did you get such exposure on YouTube?" And I have to tell them that it's now <laughs> an antiquated method because they don't exist <laughs> and haven't existed well, for that's quite some thing, time, isn't it? I guess that's what that was for, really. Response yeah. videos. It, it, well, it, it was a response. It was like it's a response to the original. Have a listen to this. See what I you think know. the original sucks. Here's my version. The, exactly. Here's yeah, I didn't want it to sound like that, but you know. But yeah, no. So what's been your favourite album to produce so far? Because obviously you've covered quite a lot of the earlier Final Fantasy games. Yeah, uh, 6 to 10 at the moment. It's probably 7 because it was, it's the game that I have the most fond memories of kind of uh, growing up with it when it when I was like 10 or so. So just revisiting all the themes I knew. And so many, like there are a couple that you like listen to the soundtrack of and it's like, oh, I can't remember this. When, when was this in the game sort of thing? But in the 7 one, it's like, oh, this was then, this was then, this was then. I think that seven is the one where that happens. Like it's easiest to just 
position where all of the different music plays and yeah. what it's associated to. Especially men of our age, Daryl. Yeah. Yeah, I think. Especially of, of our time. <laughs> I think yeah. more people might get that. But yeah, so that's kind of the one I had most fun with. Not necessarily the the actual production, just the playing of the themes and the arranging of those those tracks, really. And um, I mean, do you do you kind of listen back to those initial ones that you did, like the Maker Reactor, and just are you still really proud of them as you were when you first published it, or do you still kind of now is this a bit a bit cringe, or you feel like you want to go back and reproduce them again? Or well, if they, if they were that cringe, I'd just delete them from YouTube. <laughs> but but no, there are things like I've learned. So we'll probably get onto it in a bit, but in a in a couple of months, I'll be doing a new eight uh, version of my eight tribute because just over the past six seven years, just learn a lot and um, get new techniques and or just basically buy new sample libraries that you can use as, as the soft synths in the background to make it sound a bit better. Um, so that's like the arrangement wise, I think I'm 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 happy with the old stuff. It's just sometimes just the recording quality and uh yeah some of the sounds how it sounds kind of i think that is definitely something that people don't necessarily take into consideration because yeah like music technology it's it's really hard like if you can get a good synth and a good sample library mm. it can make a world of difference and yeah. obviously like when you're kind of first starting up and you don't really have the funds available yes yeah. you kind of just have to use what you have available yeah yeah totally like yeah if you you got to use your built-in built-in library that you get with your DAW, then that's what you've got, really. Uh, so, yeah, that's kind of what why uh, that would be the only reason why I want to re-record stuff rather than any. So it's more of like a remaster. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, it's an HD remaster. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> it's, the, it's Final Fantasy VIII, the Zodiac. No, that's no, definitely not that. No. no. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, you've kind of alluded to there, but like, what is that kind of what's next for you? Is the Final Fantasy VIII album? Yeah, that's that'll be coming up at um, mid to late October, I think. And then I think I'm going to work on some Dark Souls stuff, which is a bit different. Ooh. Yeah. That'd be cool. It's kind of, because uh, a lot of that stuff, not to get into it too much on your Final Fantasy podcast, but it's, a lot of the boss themes are so bombastic and so loud, basically. It'd be nice to just kind of yeah. reduce it. Calm it down yeah. a little bit. Chill, chill, out. chill out. Chill out, Taurus Demon. So angry about that. <laughs> yeah. So that'll be what I'm doing uh, for the rest of the year. Hopefully you get that out around no i'm totally all all for Wonder. the dark souls oh cool good um and then next year are you thinking about because you said before you didn't want to go two years without a final no. fantasy album you're going to be doing another one next year maybe after final fantasy do, 10 do you guys want the... a hot tpr exclusive oh mm. go on then no i reckon i will be working on a four and five double album in Ooh. the first half of the year it's a good tease yeah. yes very good tease i'm not confirming it but it will probably There's happen a good yeah yeah, I reckon. Like, I've been playing because I did. They come out officially over here in the UK, in the, in the original on Super Nintendo forum. No, no, exactly. So, unless you, you know, like I did when I was a kid, play it on an emulator, then never really got the chance to enjoy it as it as it was meant to be played. But <laughs> um, like, it came out on the no, that was three that came out on the DS, wasn't it? They have done a, a remake have of four. Okay, well, regardless, I'm playing. It's on the PC. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I'm playing four on my phone now, and it's just perfect for like long train journeys up to London to see you guys. You just put on my Final Fantasy <laughs> four, listen to the new newish soundtrack, and it is just it. Like I don't know what you guys think of the phone ports, but and I didn't really have much of a reference from the originals, but it's um yeah, it's so so much fun to play and i've been really enjoying it and the soundtrack's good fun so i'll probably have a go at that and throw in five as well yeah no it's definitely good problem is now i'm running out <laughs> you're running out of stuff i, I want to hear 10 too i know okay i'll keep that in mind yeah 10 too you got 10, 11 could be a good you got a lot one. of ones from 11 11 would have a, a massive amount of stuff mm. and i think that would pretty pretty suit your style quite well actually yeah not being biased or anything. No, of course not. I, I hate the Eleven soundtrack. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, any albums that I get to do that aren't Chrono Cross will anger my fans. So I don't <gasps> mind. Crystal Chronicles as well, Daryl's. Mm. We're just gonna we're just gonna write your whole set for you. Go for it. Actually, go for it. Then, <laughs> then when they don't like it, I can just blame you. 
Whenever you run out of ideas, we were we will be likely to have some. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Well, there's like a hundred Final Fantasy games, so you, you shouldn't true. be short of material. Yeah, true. I know. All the bravest, you gotta cover that one. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. <laughs> All right. So uh, with that, I think we should uh, head on to some Gamescom discussions, Ooh. which was interesting. I don't think Gamescom happened the way that anyone remotely thought it was going to. No. 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 I think everybody was pretty much thrown off from what happened at Gamescom. Were you were you actively like paying attention to to Gamescom Dan or were you just kind of letting it just waiting to see what was going to happen anyway? I think I get most of my news through you guys. So, I got oh. yeah. to hear. Well, you're my foremost news source for all things Final Fantasy. Oh. I feel so, so honoured. Well, you were being nice to me earlier, so I thought it'd be good to repay the favour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, so about eight or so years ago, it, well, yeah, 2009, I was working on a gaming magazine as the, like, copy editor, the sub, on some gaming mags. And it was quite a big thing because I think it was, um, it, it grew out of something else, didn't it? Like Leipzig. And then Gamescom happened. Yes. Yeah. And it was kind of big because it was this this show that now, hey, we're European and we've got a trade show. Take that up your Z3 <laughs> sort of thing. <laughs> Sorry, Lauren. I yeah. didn't mean that. Either. And it was kind of weird as well <laughs> okay. because um, like it, obviously E3 is press only. Yeah. And then Gamescom was not press only. Mm. And I think the first time I went, it was like, it was like 200,000 people that went or something ridiculous. Mm. Just waves and waves and waves of people. And yeah, like back in like 2008, 2009, like it wasn't really that big of a deal. Mm. Yeah. Whereas now, like, you know, they've announced way more stuff for Final Fantasy 15 than they did at Gamescom than they did at E3. Wow. Is that because of a perceived larger European audience or just... I don't know. I don't know, yeah. I mean, Tabata, I know for Final Fantasy 15 stuff at least, I feel like Tabata really prefers European publications or right. european like doing press stuff over here rather than anywhere else really okay except for of course uncovered uncovered is kind of the trump card in that regard yeah. but he does like he does love england and he i think he likes europe quite a bit so i don't know i mean because like i mean a year or two ago he of course had the um popular dawn trailer for final fantasy 15 as well um and like he's he's done a lot of big stuff at gamescom so i don't know if it's mainly just him at the moment driving it because it does seem like it's only been recently that yeah because i mean so huge gamescom this year it pretty much was the final fantasy 15 show and i it's kind of weird because the game came out almost a year ago now yeah Yeah. i know And, and they probably announced more stuff at this gamescom than they ever have at any other point even probably including uncovered yeah mm. i know i know it's really strange and it's not only that it's it's what they announced that is a bit odd yeah so i think we'll start off with the with the stuff that isn't so odd yeah. so before gamescom started they announced final fantasy 15 on the pc mm-hmm. which i think everyone kind of knew was coming yeah i forgot um, to mention it on that podcast with yeah the predictions i like had it in the back of my mind i can't even then... remember what you predicted oh i predicted weird stuff but like i definitely always thought that uh pc would be coming mm. and yeah now it's coming and it was quite interesting as well because they announced it during the nvidia press conference and um i mean we've seen bits before with uh the fact that that tabata has decided to work closely with nvidia yeah. it doesn't look like the rest of the company has decided to work closely with nvidia it's just no. it's just tabata working with a luminous engine um the the Witch uh, Agnes Philosophy demonstration that came out about two years ago, that was kind of like the first project where they worked together. Yeah. And obviously everyone thinks that looks amazing. Yeah. And because of how successful that was, they decided they were going to work together and release Final Fantasy 15 on PC. So they've been working on it for about two years at this point, which is quite crazy, really. Yeah. Uh, and they've integrated a load of NVIDIA exclusive stuff. Um, and, and it does look gorgeous. It does, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, like, there's new hair physics and there's new smoke physics. It looks better than the original. Physics. Like, it just looks so much better. Do you think that uh, there are going to be people who wanted to play Final Fantasy 15 and haven't yet played it because they're waiting for a PC release? Oh, definitely. Yeah, okay. yeah more than likely. Because, like, it's it's this weird sort of um, community. Well, not weird, but, like, <laughs> there's... 
I know. It's it's not that. It's just that like there's a lot of very dedicated PC gamers out there who think that all consoles are crap mm. and believe that. And there's PC also just a lot of people king. that don't they don't want to buy a console. Yeah, mm. yeah. So they're strictly they're strictly PC gamers. And I mean, it, it, to be honest, like the PC version of most games is generally the best from a graphical perspective because yeah, because they can do more. Yeah, because they like they're not restricted to this box has this capabilities mm. so therefore you have to optimize towards it with this they're talking i mean the some of the specs were leaked were crazy you're talking about you know seven or eight hundred uh, pound graphics cards yeah are needed to even just run the game um like it's kind of ridiculous specifications but you know that if you want the game to look amazing then it, you can do that and you know it's going to be 4k textures and like everything you would want from the game yeah is going to be kind of thrown into there, including mods. Yeah. So they're doing mods. And Tabala has kind of said, do whatever the hell you want. We're <laughs> going to let you get on with it. Yeah. Which is going to be interesting. Yeah, I know. But it is nice that, like, in the last oh, 10 years or so that... Final Fantasy has gone back to PC because there was a there was a big chunk of time where they were just really against it and yeah. just didn't do anything and then now they're just but, making so yeah, them Final more Fantasy accessible. VIII was the last one. Yeah. Um but I mean they the lot they've really been struggling because Final Fantasy 13 on PC was really bad. Yeah. But of course they've had like the MMOs. They've had Final Fantasy 11 and Final Fantasy 14. Um but yeah, they've been doing ports um since about probably Final Fantasy 13 yeah, or so 13 was the first one like they the took 13 seriously. series at least and um like i feel like that's just brought new life into the, the older games a bit more because people can now well, yeah i mean you say um it. you say about the, the the ownership of the pc dan like it was kind of alarming to me i just didn't expect it the fact that i think on steam final fantasy 7 has had over a million sales wow which is crazy and like you just like who's who is still buying it <laughs> i rebought it I know, I know, Daryl's. I know you're going to look at me. But it's like it, you kind of think like what because it's now been re-released on the PC, P- PS3, and PS4, mm. and you can play on the Vita as well. Probably. I would yeah. love to know how many of those million or however many people have bought it are playing it for the first time. Yeah, versus yeah. Re- yeah. rebuys. Yeah, but I mean, like, I just found I just find it so much more convenient to play on my laptop. Granted, I don't think that I'll probably be able to play. Um, well, I can't play anything at, at all at the moment on my laptop because I got a new MacBook. And, and it Final Fantasy 15 is PC exclusive, it no Mac. Well, all of the all of the Final Fantasies are. Oh, I hate that they did that on Mac. Anyway, um, but yeah, no, I um, I uh, would be unable to play it now. But when I could on my old Mac, when I could have Windows Seven, I used to play um, all the Final Fantasy games quite regularly on it. But yeah, no, it would be nice. No, no more. No more. Um, so yeah, after the PC edition, they announced something that literally no one in any kind of wildly prediction world <laughs> would ever have anticipated. Final Fantasy Fifteen remade for phones. Now, when Lauren originally told me about this, I was thinking, oh, great. Like they've managed to somehow put Final Fantasy 15 in the way it looks onto phones like that's mm. pretty pretty good accomplishment like a sort of streaming thing like they did for yeah. Final Fantasy 13 but no it is not that it is a completely remade version of Final Fantasy 15 for mobile phones with a an entirely different graphical style gameplay system like it's it's basically an entirely new game but just with the same concept which also makes them look like they've all had their chins chopped off their face yeah I'm not I don't really know how I feel about the graphics. They just all have really weird heads. They do. I mean, every single one you, of them. You, you must have seen the, the kind of the graphics, Dan. Like, how do you? How are you feeling I'm, about it? I'm intrigued, like genuinely intrigued as to how it would how it will play out. Do, do we have any like pricing info or release date stuff? I know that it's so the first episode is free. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, they split the game into ten episodes yeah, essentially. Yeah, makes uh, sense. The first episode's free, and then after that, I can't remember how much it is to buy each episode. It can't be too much. It's probably like a two pound mm. or something. I think that's a good way of doing it. Like there is going to be a lot of people to sell on it, you know. And if you have a yeah. free first episode and you're confident that your product's going to be a good one, then that's that's the great way to do it. Do you, is it? Yeah, yeah, and that's the whole thing. Like, I mean, they're constantly trying to bring in a different demographic, mm. and 
mobile market as part of their demographic. So, and like, I think from what I saw initially, there was there was it's kind of like where they announced Monster the Deep. There there was quite a lot of backlash within the community, just thinking like, you know, why are they wasting their time on this? Yeah. Like, it's look, it looks ridiculous. Surely they should be spending their time on like other stuff for the game, like the expanding the story or whatever. But I mean. The day after they announced it, um, Tabata did a presentation, I think it was with IGN, where he basically, um, it was kind of strange, but they had the Final Fantasy XV universe mapped towards casual and hardcore. Right, yeah. And so the Final Fantasy XV Pocket Edition is, is was basically like as as casual as it can get on the graph. Mm. <laughs> and th- and that's the whole point. Like it's 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 not a game that is targeted at us at all. Mm, yeah. Like in, in any way, shape or form, it's not supposed to appeal to us it's not been marketed towards us it's it's supposed to be for people who have never played a final fantasy game before don't even know what it is uh but they are okay playing mobile games like candy crush or whatever um that's that's who this game is being marketed at and they're hoping that by using this model by changing the graphical style by doing everything like that that they can try and draw these people into the franchise and and maybe get them interested in trying out the full Mm. game because it's essentially what it is it's like a kind of cut down version of the game with this i think i presume the story is identical but like if you want to try like the more enhanced version i guess on consoles then then this is a good kind of taster of the game well according to this i mean it's um it's japanese costs but it's going to cost 360 yen per episode which if you buy each episode separately that would lead to um about the price of thirty dollars for every ep- for every chapter. So yeah, it's, it's about it's about three dollars per episode. So it's about like two pounds, two pounds fifty. Mm. So it's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah, and um, I'm guessing that they will have a bit of a a deal where you can get all of them at once for like some kind of lowered Discount, price. Discount, yeah. But um, yeah, they're all coming out in fall. Uh, yeah, like as Daryl said, I'm not. I'm not overly interested in it, but like if it does bring more fans into the series and encourage more people to move to maybe the console version or just get into the Final Fantasy series at all, like can't really knock it too much. And I highly doubt that the same crew that's working on Final Fantasy 15 at the moment is was working on the Pocket Edition. This is such a different thing. We will never know. Never I know. guess you can look forward to it being a scapegoat if anyone else hates something different that comes out in the future. Yeah. Well, yeah. it should have been working yeah. on this instead of this. Yeah. Yeah, I shouldn't have been working on that. On, on that note, they did also delay Monsters of the Deep, which yeah. has a tad of irony about it because if you will remember, Final Fantasy Fifteen was supposed to be coming out in September last year. Monsters of the Deep was supposed to be coming out in September this year. Final Fantasy 15 got delayed to November. Monsters of the Deep has now been delayed to November. Yay, Monsters of the Deep. You you can't make this stuff up. Like, I don't understand how they are able to just kind of parody themselves in this way. Like, even to the point where when they announced Final Fantasy 15's release date, they trolled the rumor that it was coming out in November by, like, breaking the kind of whatever it is. Yeah, the the computer. Yeah, breaking the computer. And then they ended up releasing it in November. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. So it'll be awesome. interesting to see if Monster of the Deep still does release in November. I think they priced it about £30, right? Mm. Something like that? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. £30 sounds right, yeah. Um, but yeah, so the other thing that they announced, uh, well, they announced that Comrades is actually going to be the next piece of DLC, not not Episode Ignis. So Comrades is going to be coming out in Autumn, which actually, I didn't realise this, but Autumn uh, lasts until like the 22nd of December. Hmm. I I thought it was earlier, much earlier than that. I I thought that like why when you're in December that's winter, yeah. But apparently not. Yeah, um, it is really weird. Yeah. Uh, so episode English is coming out in December. So I'm guessing that Comrades is going to come out before that. It I wouldn't make so. much sense for them to release the kind of on top of each other. Um, but they announced that it's going to be taking place in the Dark World, part of Final Fantasy 15. Um, you're going to be playing a member of the Kingsglaive. This kind of stuff. Um, Iris supposedly may make an appearance <laughs> at some point. They haven't decided yet. I think they said that it depends on how well the development goes or huh. something like that, which is weird considering it's releasing very soon. Um, and then um, they just, I think, shocked everyone again, not in the same way as with Pocket Edition, yeah, but pretty much everyone in the gaming world by announcing that 
they are doing a collaboration with Assassin's Creed and creating something called the Assassin's Festival, <laughs> which I, again, no way in in any way, universe, reality, whatever, you could predict that this is going to happen. No, no, no. Or that like they'd make the choices with it that they are making in the sense that like, well, one, they've turned the prince of a kingdom into a, an assassin, yep. which is a bit interesting and a bit dubious. It's like, oh, it's the it's the um, the prince of um, of insomnia, but um, he loses his powers. We're making him so into he has an to assassin. Use, he has to wear assassin's clothing and start using hidden blades. Yeah, I have a question. Um, yeah, why? <laughs> <laughs> like, I like because seriously, cool. but like, does is there someone who is well into Assassin's Creed Origins, or what? is it is it tied into Origins specifically? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it that, is. that has no idea what Final Fantasy fifteen is and vice versa. I don't know. I yeah, I mean, like to me, from a like from a business perspective, I mean, as, Ubisoft must have paid them a lot of money mm. because why? Why on earth would you do an entire event in your game to promote another game? Mm. Yeah, like I get like the kind of stuff they did for thirteen two, where it was like, oh, we're going to give them some Mass Effect outfits, or they're going to dress up like Lara Croft or whatever, yeah. but this is like they've redone the in- entire city of Lestal and they've put in complete new gameplay mechanics. Yeah, you can unlock the outfits of Altair and new the new assassin in, in Origins. I think that's the thing that throws me off the most: is the fact that like they've changed the gameplay for it. Yeah, like you can do um, the dives and stuff, and you can hide in haystacks. Like I just, it's they've just added story bizarre. sequences as well. So like Cindy. It yeah. is in it. Loki's back. Loki's in it. Like I didn't expect to see him again. No. So yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think they've announced. From what I understand, there's going to be an Assassin's Creed related activity happening with regards to Final Fantasy 15. I think I read that somewhere. I don't know what it's going to be. They may have announced that, but yeah, still, I don't. I mean, it's it's cool if you like both franchises, I guess. And I have seen people that are like Assassin's Creed going, "Oh, this is the best thing ever," but. Yeah, to answer your question of why, I don't really know. Is there something yeah. happening in Origins related to 15? Is it? That's what I I think there might be. The, Ubisoft, I think they might be doing something, right. but I don't mm. know if it's going to necessarily be within the game. Is it going to be some like horrendous, I've come up with a new recipe nonsense or something? <laughs> <laughs> guys, yep. guys, guess what? Look what we did. Yeah? Yeah? No. no didn't work. No. It's amazing. <laughs> So yeah, um, it's actually going to be uh, available until the 31st of January next year. So it's going to last for six months. Um, so, and, sorry, yeah. are there going to be people like... Unex- I'm not entirely sure how this is working. So are there going to be people completely oblivious because they're just playing their copy of Final Fantasy XV they picked up down CEX for 20 quid? They're just going to be wandering into this town and suddenly Altair is jumping on them with his wrist blade, stabbing someone in the face. <laughs> I believe it's uh, you have to access it from the main menu. Okay, so it's cool. like it, it's kind of like the uh, holiday festival, like the Mughal Chocobo Carnival, okay, where yeah. it's an aside to the game. Yeah. So they've just yeah, like when you play this festival, then you get whisked away to Assassin's Creed style, the Lestalem. Yeah. Okay. And stuff. Yeah, it's really bizarre, really bizarre. But I mean, a lot of people are freaking out about it. it Seems in like good and bad ways. In good and bad ways. So, yeah. But it was really unexpected when they said about it. Yeah, I mean, like, when you, you sent me a message when yep. I was at work and you are just like, Final Fantasy fifteen versus Assassin's Creed. And it's like, what? Yep. What is this? Oh. I know. I know. Um, yeah, okay, so the last thing we have to talk about is, um, well, Tabala has said there's going to be no plans for a sequel again. They don't want to make a sequel of any no. kind. But he so also, in like in an unofficial capacity, uh, so apparently there was uh, like a fan event at Gamescom called Episode Cologne. Mm. See what they did there? Yeah, yeah, I know. It's so um, impressive. And Tabala did like a Q and A with some fans there, and and someone asked him like, what were the results of the poll you had in your game? And I'm, I'm he may be talking about it at the Tokyo Game Show because they're going to be doing an active time report there. But yeah, it just seemed kind of blasé that he just kind of told this everyone at the Q&A what the results were but hasn't told anyone else in the world <laughs> um, so apparently Arden won which our survey predicted mm-hmm. yay our survey 
Yay. Um, Although it was pretty obvious, to be fair. Yeah. You're like an exit poll, uh, though. You're huh? like an exit poll. Yeah, we were. So, yeah, so he said it's going to be about Arden's story. and But then he started talking about the fact that he doesn't want to do a DLC, like necessarily a DLC pack for Arden because they're not too sure if they're going to be working on Final Fantasy 15 next year after the PC release is done. They don't necessarily know if they're going to do a second season pass. But he has said that he'd be interested in doing another movie based mm-hmm. around Arden or even like a separate game, like a like a prequel or a spin-off around Arden. Yeah, which like to me sounds like really intense. Well, also he said he doesn't want to work in another Final Fantasy game. I know. So I don't know where that's come from. No, I mean... Unless like, he, like someone else within his division is going to make it. Yeah, but then it also begs the question that if they don't do this now, like wouldn't what was the point about the survey at all if they weren't going to make if they weren't planning on making just art and DLC. They just wanted to know what people wanted and they're going to do nothing with it. Exactly. (laughs) They're just going to tease us. Yeah, and just be like, oh yeah, remember that survey? Please be Um, excited for nothing. Yeah, we may (laughs) do something with it, but we're probably not going to do anything with it. Sorry. But I think they said like over half a million people took the survey. Jeez. Which is crazy, really. Yeah. Whereas only like two and a half thousand people took ours. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, you still got the same result. So we did still get yeah, the we same still result. Get the same result. Statistical so significance. Yeah. Yeah. People were complaining about the fact that we didn't have very many, many people take our survey, and well, who's you laughing now, yeah. eh? Who's laughing now? Probably no one. I'm laughing inside. Oh, yeah. That's good, there, us. All right, so yeah, that's kind of our Gamescom discussion. It was, as I said, it was completely random. I don't think I anyone know. really predicted any of that. Not at all. No. I'm still shook. So we're now going to go on to our music segment. And since we have the wonderful TPR here, we figured that we would have a TPR track at the of end course. of our show. And since he's here, he can he can intro it. Oh, what, what do you think? Sounds like a I great idea. That sounds a bit amazing. Uh, this track is mine and Roxanne's cover of Final Fantasy X's Zanagand on piano and cello. And you said this was your favorite track from the album, right? Yes. Yeah. It's like I said, it's the first one on the album. I think it sounds the best. It works. I think just because mainly the original was just all piano and we added a cello line rather than just taking stuff away like most of my arrangements are. <laughs> <laughs> you are, you added something yeah, in. Yeah, right? Yes. We added something that and was is already this, there. No. Would you say, where would this rank in your all-time TPR arrangements? Oh my God, all these questions on the spot. Um, <laughs> 13th. He's going to have to check his spreadsheet out. I know. 13th. 13th. Yeah. Unlucky for some, but not no. for Tazanikand. Dez- just behind... Uh, make a reactor. Do you actually have a spreadsheet? No, I'm just making this up. <laughs> <laughs> just checking. <laughs> that would be the most arrogant thing ever, having a spreadsheet of how good your own songs are. Do you have a spreadsheet of how good all your podcasts are? Um, no. <laughs> what num- Well, you kind of do for views, maybe. I, I try to keep track on views to see performance over time, mm. and see so if people hate us or of, not. Yeah. Kind of similar. What number's this? This is 155. Okay, I think I know where it's going on your spreadsheet. <laughs> Right to the top, <laughs> come on. Of course. So yeah, um, the next episode of Final Fantasy Union is scheduled to come out on the 19th of September. Mm. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes if you just search for Final Fantasy. We come up as the number one podcast. Ooh. Yay, we're so special. And of course, you can check every episode out at FinalFantasyUnion.com as well as all our news coverage provided by Brayden. Thank you, Brayden. Also remember to support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash union. All right, I think with that, it's time for everyone to say goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me, guys. This is going to be the most viewed podcast of all time because everyone is very curious about the enigma that is TPR. (laughs) They're going to be so disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) Couldn't be further from the truth. Aw, you guys. It's been been a pleasure having you on the show. Yeah. It's been a pleasure to be here. It's been great fun listening to you talk about something you guys are so passionate about. And your music, which you are also <laughs> And also yeah. my music, um, which has been great fun to talk about. Uh, thank you yeah. so much yeah. for having me. You're welcome. Uh, and, and it's our pleasure. On that note, it's, I'm Daryl saying goodbye. This has been a FinalFantasyNew.com production.
Thank you.